0: that's on your seat and just write uh, setup crew, throw it in the red box, and we'll, uh, we'll get in touch with you. Okay, we're coming to the end of 2019. Uh, if we haven't met before, my name's Kelly. I'm one of the pastors here, they tell me. And uh, I want to just talk briefly today about uh, some things that are going on in 2020. 2020 uh, is going to come for all of us. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just, uh, I sit up at the end of the year and I think, man, how did that go by? Like, how did that, all of a sudden, it, I just woke up today and it's all in the rearview mirror. <laughs> Uh, it happens pretty quick. Uh, but what I want to do this morning is look at just a couple things from the Christmas story that I think will serve all of us really well in 2020. Whether you're uh, a part of Center, the Center Church family or just in your own household or even just as an individual going about your life, uh, there's some things in here that I think will be really helpful to you. So, uh, here at Center Church, as a family, we have a mission. Our mission is to help people know Jesus. Helping people know Jesus, that's what we do, that's what we're about, that's our goal. Uh, It really is the mission for every church everywhere uh, who claims to be Christian, and every one person who claims to be a Christian. But specifically, our hope is, our goal is to reach 100 new families, because knowing Jesus really is the gateway through which every good thing God would want to do in your life happens. And so, so that's that's our goal. Now, uh, we started the church a few years ago, and. Uh, I have not really ever had the dream in mind to like have a huge massive church Um, I don't think that's a good goal. I'm not opposed to that. I don't have a problem with that I just don't think that's a very good goal Really what i'm excited about is just seeing people who know jesus people who are christians uh, Really helping other people know him and having a positive influence on the world around us And for those of us who are followers of christ jesus gave us a job one job and that was to build his church to help other people know him and so uh so i'm really interested in that as a church family we have that as a mission but god also has plans for you isn't it amazing how there's this this all-powerful god who created everything in the universe and yet he's paying attention to you he knows the intricacies of your life like if you just if you just lay in bed and think about that for a while eventually your head will explode it's it's so incredible that God is aware of you. So with our last Sunday of 2019, uh, let's just take one really quick look at an event that happened on the night Jesus was born. It's found in Luke's Gospel, chapter two, and this is what it says, beginning in verse eight. It says, "'And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified, understandably.'" Uh, an angel shows up, and God's glory is just shining, just lighting up the countryside. And they were terrified. Have you ever been terrified? Have uh, you ever been scared? Have you ever been felt the weight of anxiety to the point that you couldn't make a move, you couldn't make a decision? Isn't it crazy how sometimes you come to a fork in the road and you got to make a life choice, and sometimes they're even both good choices, but fear will just keep you paralyzed at the fork in the road. Isn't that crazy? Like. Like, maybe some of you are going to choose what college to go to in the near future. And like, they could both be good options, but sometimes we'll just get so freaked out that we're like, oh, I don't know what to do, so we do nothing, because that's what we do when we're scared. Uh, if you've been paralyzed by fear before, you know it's actually not as fun as it sounds. It's actually not, it's actually not great times. Uh, you know who else is stuck, who else is paralyzed by fear? That deer in the headlights that you're about to run over. <laughs> That's, that's what's got them paralyzed. They're, they're afraid, they're stuck. That's kind of what I envision the shepherds doing, like when this angel just shows up at night,' just like, just paralyzed by fear. It says they were terrified. understandably. But the angel said to them, "Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, which is Bethlehem, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. Uh, okay, so as if the idea of an angel just popping out of the night sky and radiating the glory of God, uh, as if that wasn't weird enough, it also shows up and says, oh, by the way, the Savior of the world is over in that village there, asleep in a basket full of hay. Does that not seem like an odd way for the Savior of the world to show up. I mean, the angel popping out of the sky is weird enough. Like, that's already got you, know, that's already got you tripped out. But then, then what the angel says is pretty strange, especially to us. To us, it might even sound like just random. Like, this angel just shows up and says, By the way, the Messiah is over there sleeping in a trough. But to them, uh, of course, the experience is way outside of their norm. Like, the angel popping out of the sky, that doesn't happen to them every day. Uh, so we're on the same level there. But the message would've probably struck a familiar tone because Jews at that time would've grown up their entire lives hearing that someday a savior is going to come. Uh, They were an oppressed people. At this period in history, the Roman government was just occupying their entire nation, kinda had their thumb on them, and they're waiting for a savior. Now, they of course had in mind a political savior. That part is not actually totally dissimilar to what we're hoping for today. Uh, but, But God actually sent his son into the world to solve a much bigger problem. So they're scared. They're terrified by the sight of the angel. The experience is weird, but the message is somewhat familiar to them. This is what the next verse says. It says, suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts, more angels, appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Okay, so 700 years before this, There was a a guy named Isaiah, and he actually gave a prophecy, just a foretelling. Hey, this is what's going to happen. He announced to everyone that someday the Savior of the world is going to be born to a virgin, and he will be called Emmanuel, which means, translated into our language, God with us, or God is with us. 700 years before this night, where the shepherds see the angels. And then all of a sudden, the day comes. The angel shows up on an average night. They're out in their field, doing their job, going about their business taking care of their kids. Uh, They're with their sheep. And in this field, an angel shows up and said, okay, the time has come. The savior of the world is here. And their immediate response to that, not surprisingly, is deer in the headlights. They're paralyzed by fear. They're stuck. Uh, I think any of us would have that same reaction. But notice what the angel says. The first words out of the angel's mouth are not anything like, Uh, spiritual or uh, strange, not hear ye, hear ye. It's not like that. The angel says, do not be afraid. First words out of the angel's mouth. Uh, I've mentioned this several times before, but the command, do not be afraid, is the most commonly given directive in the Bible by far. Uh, Some variation of the phrase, don't be afraid, do not fear, appears in the Bible about 150 times. The shepherds, get this, they're afraid because of what they can see. But God is working in the unseen. The first thing that I want you to just grab a hold of from the Christmas story is that God's most commonly given directive is do not be afraid. Now, 2020 is going to come, it's out there in the future, a lot of it is unknown. Uh, You have all kinds of options and things you can do, but one thing you should definitely not do as you proceed into the new year is be afraid. Be filled with anxiety, be governed by fear. Do not be afraid. If you're living in a season of anxiety right now, a lot of us have uncertainty in our lives in various areas, I want you to just key in on that phrase. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be governed by fear. Remember, Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God is with us now and always. See, when we live in fear, this is what happens when we feel anxious. You ever ever felt uh, just the weight of anxiety in a sense that it like it kept you awake at night, or it's just rolling around in the back of your head while you're having conversations with other people, the weight of anxiety, it's just on you. What it does is it builds a wall around the possibilities for your life. Uh, I like the way Erwin McManus says it. He says, what we fear establishes the boundaries of our freedom. What you fear establishes the boundaries of our freedom. Because here's what we do. When we're afraid, when we're worried, uh, we put up walls to keep the bad stuff out, right? To protect ourselves. But guess what else those walls do? They keep you in. Walls keep things out, but they also keep things in. They establish the boundaries of our freedom. Don't don't put boundaries around what God could do in your life. Don't let someone who's intimidating or controlling or negative tell you what God can and can't do. That's up to him. God can do whatever he wants. Don't let a situation that you're worried about Convince you that God can't help you get past this situation. Uh, don't, don't put a boundary around what God can do. The Bible tells us that fear is not a uh, it's not a situational condition. It's actually a spiritual condition uh, that we're. It's actually uh, it comes from within, not from without. The spirit of fear is not from God. Okay, it's it's from Satan and it's not your friend. This is what the Bible says. It says. Uh, it says that God has given us his spirit, his presence, okay? He sent, uh, he sent uh, his son, Jesus, in the form of a baby, but now he dwells with us by his spirit. And it says in 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So if you're wondering what the spirit of God does, uh, it gives you power, love, self-control. When you feel afraid, that's a spiritual condition, and it's not one that's your friend. It's not one that is helpful to you. It's not one that is from God. Well, in the case of the shepherds, the angel shows up and tells them succinctly and clearly, do not be afraid, speaks directly to the fear. Uh, Can you have enough faith today to let God speak to your fear, to your anxiety? Do not be afraid. Don't let fear establish the boundaries of your freedom for 2020. Uh, Don't let fear tell you that you can't don't let someone around you tell you that you can't. Don't let yourself tell you that you can't. Tell yourself that God can. Uh, a little bonus sticky phrase for you, because I love those things. Uh, it seems reasonable to me that negativity can never produce a positive outcome. In, in my life experience, there's never been a time when I was really negative or afraid of something, and it produced a positive outcome. It just, it just doesn't work that way. So don't let your fear establish boundaries. God wants to declare good news on this Christmas. He's come to dwell with us. He came to earth, and he came for you. So do me this favor, turn to your neighbor and say, God came for me, and he came for you too. Okay. He came for you too. God came to earth, and he came for you. So the big idea, number one of two, is do not be afraid. The angel says, I bring good news of great joy. This is the news that God came to announce. So let's approach 2020 with confidence. Uh, Let's approach 2020 with more boldness, with more enthusiasm than we have before. Uh, what you fear will tighten up the boundaries of your freedom. And I say, let's loosen up the boundaries of our freedom in 2020. Let's believe it all the way. A second anthem uh, that has just so, so been so helpful and meaningful to me in my lifetime uh, that I'd love for you to grab a hold of. You might even just want to jot down this reference. It's Job 17, verse 9. A little passage buried in the Old Testament. Uh, Job, Job has a crazy story. Uh, it might even be on your card there, actually. It says, the righteous keep moving forward. Have you gone through seasons of life before where you just feel like, I am going nowhere? You ever just been in like this cycle? and uh, before you knew it, another year went by and you haven't made any progress, uh, God wants you to keep moving forward. And uh, that's not just like um, good practice or wishful thinking. It's actually biblical. The righteous keep moving forward. I don't know about you, but I'd like to move forward in 2020. I think you would all probably agree with that. One might say, looking at the shepherd's situation, you might say, yeah, but it was a little different for them because, you know, like, uh, you know, what with the angel showing up and telling them exactly what to do and all, Uh, That would be really helpful. I think we would all agree if an angel just appeared and told us exactly what to do. That would make it a lot easier for us to take the next step in life, to move forward. Uh, I just threw you a couple of of things to think about, though. Uh, One of them is that the angel showed up and told them what to do in that one specific situation, but you actually have something better. You have the Word of God to guide you through every situation, to not just tell you what to do in one particular situation but to actually shape who you are. You and I now have the ability to have conversation with God because Jesus came and he paid the bill for our sin on the cross, which broke down the wall between us. So we have something way better than an angel showing up and telling us what to do. Not that I'm opposed to that. I would definitely take that. But we have something much better. When we, when we let... Uh, uncertainty into our lives, and we let uncertainty paralyze us, it does a couple of things that are a real bummer. One is it creates confusion, and it makes us trepid. Has that ever, that ever happened to you? It makes us incapable of moving on, but we just read that the righteous keep moving forward. The other thing it does, which is probably more prevalent uh, for us in our day and age, is it makes us lethargic. You ever been in a spot in life where you're like, yeah, I sort of care about that, but it's just so much easier to just keep doing what I'm doing or keep not doing what I'm doing? Uh, when we aren't sure what to do, we usually do nothing. Uh, there's this, um, this bell curve that they talk about uh, in emergency situations. Uh, we heard a guy at the Global Leadership Summit named Ben Sherwood who uh, worked for Disney, and he talked about this. He said, in an emergency situation... Uh, What will happen is 10% of the people will just totally destroy the situation. They'll create more chaos, they'll freak out, they'll just go crazy, and it'll make the situation worse. The other 10% at the other side, this 10%, they'll take action to remedy the situation. But 80% will just wait and see what happens. This is what happens to us when uncertainty is in our lives. We tend to just wait and see what happens. It makes us trepid. But if we're gonna move forward, we got to move off of lethargy. we got to move off of trepidation. So let's just consider what happened with the shepherds. Uh, They had this angel that showed them what to do, told them specifically what to do, gave them, in other words, a vision. Here's where I want you to go. Here's what the future is going to look like. He said, you will go into the town, and you're going to find the baby in a manger. What I want to suggest to you is, For 2020, don't just just sneak into it sort of doing whatever I'm going to do. I'm going to wait and see how 2020 plays out. Have an idea of where you'd like to go. Have a vision for what you'd like to see God do in your life. My experience has been uh, when I set a goal, I have a vision, and I kind of get off from maybe where God was taking me. He's really good at course corrections. Uh, I've actually never had that fail me. Uh, Have a vision for where you want to go. Having a vision will get you pointed in the right direction. Uh, you remember Alice in Wonderland, uh, classic. Remember the scene where Alice is lost, she's trying to find a way home, she comes to the street post and there's like a thousand different road signs on it and she asks the Cheshire cat, which road should I take? And his obvious question is, well, uh, where do you wanna go? And she says, nah, it doesn't matter much. And his response, does anybody remember it? Then any road will do. Okay. Have a vision for where you'd like to go. If Alice had known where she wanted to go specifically, he probably could have told her which road to take. Have a vision for where you want to go because nobody here is likely to drift accidentally into a great life. That's, it's, I mean, it's a theoretical possibility, but it's not a realistic possibility. It's unlikely to happen. Parents, uh, you got kids, they are not likely to accidentally drift into being productive, successful, well-adjusted adults. Uh, In a lot of ways, that's going to come down to you having a vision for that and guiding them, okay? If you have a vision for the future, a vision for the future of your family, then you're already starting pointed in the right directions. See, the shepherds, they got an angel, and that was admittedly very helpful in that situation, but you have something better. You have a relationship with God. You have his word to guide you. So if you've got a vision then the course is already determined for you. The shepherds were out. They're just minding their own business. They're just chilling in their field. And the angel comes and gives them the vision. And then this is what happened, the last section. They said, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they grabbed the vision, they grabbed a hold of where the angel told them to go the next course of action became clear. Uh, Sometimes indecision just gets us stuck in one spot because we're not sure of what the next step is. But if you have a clear picture of where you want to go, the next step will become clear, will reveal itself. Uh, My suggestion, of course, is that you do that through the process of prayer. God, what are you doing in my life? Uh, God, what are you working in my life? But have a vision for where you want to go. There's some things I can tell you for sure that God does want in your life. Uh, If you're a husband, You can turn to Ephesians 5, and one of the things you will find there is husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Well, how did you do that? By giving himself up for her. Uh, That is plain as day. Uh, Her before you. Okay, So uh, that could be a very clear target to get you pointed in the direction. Now the road's going to bob and weave. You're going to get it right sometimes and wrong other times. But if you know where you want to go... Your direction is already set. By the way, if you're a wife, there's something in there for you too. You can look that up yourself. I just used that one as an example. I don't want to stir the pot too much. Okay, have got the word of God actively working in your life. The last thing that I want to address is uh, for those of you who have experienced a setback in 2019, uh, maybe you're finishing 2019 in a worse spot than you started in. Uh, That's going to happen in life. I don't know if mama told you or not, but there's gonna be days like that. That's gonna happen. Uh, Sometimes we're gonna experience setbacks. Uh, In our nation as a whole, the last few years have been a time of economic thriving, but not everybody's thriving. Uh, There are all kinds of difficult things that happen, sickness, relational difficulty, you name it, you know your situation. Uh, If 2019 has been a struggle for you, guess what? 2020 could be a time for the comeback. It really could. A lot of it's gonna depend on your mindset Getting where you want to go. Uh, I've told you about a kid before that I want to tell you about again. Uh, I'm going to call him Jeffrey. That wasn't his first name, but uh, I'm, going to, I'm just going to call him that. I used to coach a golf team, a high school golf team in Tacoma, and one of the kids on the team was not named Jeffrey, but we're going to pretend like he was. And he was just a great kid in every way. Uh, he, when he graduated, he had golf scholarships that he turned down because he chose to take a full ride leadership scholarship. Uh, to the University of Washington, just just a great kid, right, just an awesome kid. He was the best player on the team uh, by a long ways, but not because he was talented. He was the best player on the team because he had it straight in his mind. And uh, in golf, when you coach, you're not allowed to talk to the players while the ball is in play. You can only talk to them from the time they tap the ball in the hole and pick it up to the time they get to the next tee box, right? So there's just like a minute or two in there where you can actually coach them on the course. And uh, so uh, this one particular day, Jeffrey is just struggling. He's not playing up to his potential. He's not doing well at all. And uh, so I'm waiting for him to come off of this green because I want to try and massage that, help him get his brain straight. If you play golf, you know it's a very mental game. Like, it's all about momentum. And uh, so he comes walking over towards me and he gets about 10 feet away and he smiles at me and he says, Coach, you ready to see a comeback? And I thought, he really doesn't need my help because his mind was right. If you you notice in life that every comeback is preceded by a setback, that's what makes the movies you love, uh, by the way. Every great comeback is preceded by a setback. So if that's been your story uh, in 2019, it's okay. You're postured for a comeback, but a lot of it is just going to come down to our mindset, trusting God, having a vision for where he's taking us. In the history of every comeback story, there was a moment right before it where there was a setback. If that's where you're at, that's okay. Comebacks are preceded by setbacks. One of the things we said in our, uh, a few weeks ago, we were talking about mountaintop and valley experiences, is that you can't have the mountaintops without the valleys. They don't exist without the valleys. 2020. 2020 can be the year for you to have a comeback. So I want to give you two quotes. I don't think they're on your card. You can write these down if you find them interesting. Uh, they are not from the Bible. They're just quotes. They're by... Uh, some very famous people who happen to also be Christians, followers of Christ, really credible people. The first one is from a guy named Dallas Willard, uh, not likely someone that too many of us have heard of. He is one of the great theologians and Christian thought leaders of the last century. Uh, this is one, one of many incredible things that he said. He said, to believe something is to act as if it were true. In other words, if I don't act like it's true, then I don't really believe it. To believe something is to act as if it were true. By faith, let's believe God for good things in 2020. Now, some people get all wacky and crazy about that, and they're like, yeah, I'm going to believe God for an influx of $12 billion. Uh, if that happens, awesome. Uh, you, I mean, for sure. Uh, but let's just believe that God is good, that He's for me, that He's powerful, that He has my best interest in mind. Let's believe God for good things in 2020. Let's talk and act like people who actually believe that God is greater than our problems, uh, who actually believe that Jesus Christ is the solution to what ails humanity, that he's greater than my worries, he's greater than my anxieties, that there's a future out there for me, and he's already there. To believe something is to act as if it were true. The second one is from someone you will all know, Walt Disney. Parenthetically, uh, you may not have known this, but Walt Disney was actually named after his parents' pastor, his family's pastor. Uh, Now, my first name went out of vogue about three days after I was born for men, uh, but Richard's nice, right? It's pretty classic, so I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, Walt Disney was um, a very zealous Christian, uh, and uh, so he said something that was really, really encouraging. Uh, He meant it both spiritually and practically. He said, when you believe in a thing, Believe it all the way. When you believe in a thing, believe it all the way. Pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Uh, I see as a pastor, I see way too many sad Christians out there. They're thinking, man, I hope God's going to do something good. I don't know. I hope God likes me. I hope that he's listening. I hope that God is better than my situation. I mean, I'll throw, I'll float a little prayer and just see like what will happen. But my expectations are pretty low. Uh, Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. If you believe in a thing, believe it all the way. If you have goals in life, if you believe I'm going to accomplish this, this is a career goal, this is a family goal, a health goal, a spiritual goal, if you believe in a thing, let's be people who believe it all the way. Let's believe it all the way. Such sage advice. Let's believe in him all the way and live like people who believe in him all the way. Uh, for 2020, I don't know about you, but I want to keep moving forward. I don't, I don't want 2020 to end like 2019 ended, although 2019 has been great. I want to keep moving forward. When you believe in a thing, let's believe it all the way. So here's what I want to do. Uh, I want to have you stand up with me really quick. And uh, there are certain things in church that are mission critical. Unity is one of them. Uh, if you've been around church before and you saw that one person who was just like determined to do their own thing, totally different than everyone else was doing, it just destroys every good thing that would happen uh, in the body of Christ. So I'm going to ask you to get weird with me. And in your row, can you just reach across? Let's join hands. I'm going to pray. And uh, we're going we're to practice some unity. We're going to pray for God to do good things in 2020. And then Pastor Rick is going to come over and uh, tell us about whatever is happening after this. <laughs> God, thank you so much for my church family. Lord, thank you that you sent your son into the world to die for us. And and on the surface, that might just seem weird, but but we know that what you accomplished was you broke down the wall between us. So that when I pray to you, when I talk to you, it actually hits your ears. And because Jesus paid the bill for my sin and broke down the wall, Lord, I know now that, that I can actually see your plans for my life come to fruition. And so I pray that in the life of each and every person and every household here in this room, God, that you would make us people who believe in you all the way. Not in part, uh, not just kind of hopefully wishing that maybe you might do something good, but God, help us to believe in you all the way and then act like people who believe in you all the way. God, we praise you for your goodness. I thank you for these.